So uh, we've been here for two weeks, you and I. Yes, sir. This is our last day together, Danko. We've been hanging out nonstop. Pretty much, yeah. Well, we, as much as we could, because we were in separate. We've been in separate touring parties on our little adventure. So yeah. every time we see each other in an airport, you know, in a, a washroom, wherever we do, we hang out. And it's Australia Soundwave Festival, and um, we talked about this before the festival. You and I have to do podcasts. Yes. That's why I brought this big ass mic. Yes, and that everyone has commented on. Every, including Jonah. Jonah, who's, who's sitting here from fucked up right there, over there. Should we introduce ourselves at this point? Yeah, it's the intro. Okay. Hey, hey Damien. Hi. Hi, Danko. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> are you doing a, Are you doing an impression of me too, like no. Flanagan? No. Yeah. That's Flanagan's latest That's thing. Flanagan impression. <laughs> That's a pretty good Flanagan. <laughs> um, and you're kind of the Flanagan for these podcasts, right? Oh, that's the most right? horrible thing someone's ever said to me. No, I'm just kidding. I was going to say, I, I don't mean to insult you. No. But, um, you know, usually Nick's here and yeah. he, he, you've, you are part of the Black Coffee Brigade. Uh, we have another member in the touring uh, carnival here who's Wade. a member, Wade from Wade. Gallows. And we are, you guys are about to do your last side wave show here. Yep. Tonight's our last side. And then tomorrow, we bid adieu to you for a little bit mm-hmm. to our new friends that we met on this tour because it's our last sound wave tomorrow. Who have you met that you can now call your new friends? Oh, well, I don't know how many of these people call me a friend, but I'm yeah, definitely yeah, going to go. No, no uh, Craig Satari uh, from uh, Sick of It All. I've been hanging out with that dude. He's been busting my chops. He's kind of like a big brother in the sense that he picks on me all the time. Uh, uh, Butch Vig. Got to chill with Butch Vig. And I got to thank Butch Vig because when I was a kid, uh, I, met, I went to CFMY, local radio station in Toronto. And they used to have, you know, bands do these interviews, and, and Garbage came down to do an interview. And this was like just when their first single had come out. So I was putting my head into punk rock and becoming a punk rock kid. But like, I'm like, oh, this guy produced a Nirvana record, and that Queerest of the Queer song was super sick. So my brother and I went down, we talked to him, and they gave us like free tickets to the show, gave us like, like records, just were so nice to us. And like, you know, you and me both being in bands now, it's awesome when people come up and talk to you, but like, you don't have a lot in common with like a 14 year old kid as an adult. And the fact that they like, you know, as a big rock band sat down and, and hung out with a bunch of like 14 and 15 year olds and like, just, you know, chill with us and asked us about music and talked to us about music was like a huge thing for me. So I got to go up to Butch Vig and be like, thank you. Thank you for that. Cause it changed the way I view musicians and bands and fans. And it was really a big moment for me. So did he get you a VIP pass for a side stage uh, when they play? No, he didn't give me any passes. <laughs> but he did give me his email address. Oh, that's so, a heavy score. Yep, so we're friends. Now, actually, I've learned, though, everyone gives you the email address. It's if they write back. That is the key. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Dave Grohl. Really? Yeah. He's busy, you know. Like I'm I think like, he's got a couple yeah, of people got, emailing him, too. He's got a couple irons in the fire, and, like, you know, I really don't. I'm not mad at him that he didn't write back to me about my, have you heard of the band Factory from D.C. from 1986? I think you'll totally like them. If you remember Is that what you wrote them? Yeah, 9535. Yeah. Five, five, and like they, they, it was all these bands that he loved yeah, right, doing right. like a, a New York Dolls type thing. And I wrote him this thing about it. And he, maybe he checked it out and he just forgot to write me back. For me, uh, I I scored an email address. So far, my only one, but it's Lou from Sick of It All. Well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty heavy. That's pretty wicked. Yeah, that's pretty heavy, man. That's like the, that's the thing you gotta collect the email. Uh, email it's the addresses. new thing. Yeah, it's like and I I played it real cool in front of him. Oh, thanks, man. 
Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Sh-. And then um, I've been chatting every chance I get with Mike Dean. Yeah. From COC. From COC. And uh, now he's... Uh, Caius Lives? He, yeah, he's subbing in. From what I've heard, he's subbing in for Caius Lives right now. It's kind of like if you're going to have to get a sub for Caius, it's like... Mike Dean from COC is pretty the best, pretty high up on the list. Yeah, the best sub you can possibly. And I will get. say, I talked to him briefly outside of your hotel the other day, and that dude is awesome. Like yeah. talking about old punk, old hardcore, talking to him about American politics. He just seems like just like the coolest, chillest dude. Yeah, nowhere near as manic as he appears on stage. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Mexican food, and. The our our aborted slot on an old COC tour. Oh, you guys were supposed to play with COC? Yes, we were supposed to tour with um, COC Fu Manchu and Alabama Thunder Pussy oh, in 05. That's like the best tour ever. Yeah. And, oh my god. And there's some, you know, there's some wranglings and wranglings, and the last minute it didn't happen for us. I don't think that tour did that tour. How you? The happen? tour, yeah, the tour happened, and he actually came to Toronto, and uh, oh, Mike. Uh, Actually apologized, Whoa. and it wasn't his fault either. I, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't never held it against him, but it was nice. Wow, that's awesome. That, that's a, that, that. that is the one thing. Like you know, like there's there's definitely some bummers, but like yeah. the best thing about it being on this tour is that you you know you and me were talking. We're, we're like nerds about music, and this is where you get to meet your heroes. It's crazy. Yeah, these moments are times when you're like. Do I ask for the autograph? Yeah, exactly. Do I ask for the photo? Well, I don't like, know. What like, we're as we're talking now, trying to be cool, you know. What, what we're talking now, it sounds like we're name dropping, but you got to no. understand, we're nerds. Like no. this is awesome. We're we are not name dropping. No, name dropping is if like if, you know, like oh, my friend, yeah, my friend, my homie. No, dude, I, I scored the guy's email. Yeah, we're like, like we're bragging about being fans here. Yeah, you know, and like yeah, like. Bragging about being fans. Bragging about being nerds about music and meeting these people. But that's what, like, that's been the best thing about this tour is, like, you know, like, turning around and being like, oh, shit, you were in that band that had a huge influence on me. Or, like, you were in that real, you were in that band that, I love that old band. Like, uh, Johnny, who works for Slayer, uh, played in Blood Come. (laughs) I I met him. (laughs) I want to meet him. I met him side stage Metallica. And I I did the same thing. Blood I, come, you I went up to him and I go, excuse me. And he's wearing like, he's all decked out in Slayer. And I go, are you in Blood Come? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. And I go, I have your album. <laughs> and he goes, the white one? And I, I was like, no, it's not. No, no. And he goes, uh, Oh, the Black EP, and I go, yeah, that, I didn't know it was the called white. the Black EP, but I, I was like, yes, the EP, I have that. You, can, you should come over and listen to the white one sometime. <laughs> like, yeah. What's the song, Jonah? Death by Codehanger. Death by Codehanger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tweeting for you guys right now, but like, I'm hashtagging the word Blood Come. <laughs> that's, really? that's, that's cool. Not Jonah, Jonah's live vlogging. <laughs> <laughs> He's live vlogging the intro, live tweeting the like, intro. This is big for me, too. You guys, I'm like a guy who would probably sleep now, no, Jonah's not going to pick up on the microphone, but Jonah's just saying that he's the biggest fan in the world of the two people in the room with him right now. Thanks, Jonah. Yeah, man. One day, maybe we can take it I on. appreciate it, man. We're going to get escorted out police like some of the big bands on this tour do when they get off the plane. Yo, this crazy. Yo, today you missed the craziest pop I've heard. For you kids at home, Australia's the craziest place for air travel because you do not need a ticket to get anywhere in that airport. Like, you can pretty much fly the plane without a ticket. Uh, and so there's kids, when you get off the plane, waiting for you. And it's like, uh, 
like Beatlemania for the AP set, kind of every day we get off these planes. Not for us, but there's, for the AP there's, there's these bands on this tour that are like very attractive young men who are covered in tattoos. And, and Leo, I'm not talking shit. These are cool. I've talked to a lot of these dudes too, and they're super nice guys. But these, there are girls every, and some young men too, but mainly girls, young, young girls waiting for them when they get off the plane. And today we were on with Pierce the Veil. And they, I could hear, I'm like right behind them as we're walking up the plank and there's an automatic door. And I can hear girls screaming in anticipation of that door opening. And the door opens, they run forward and start grabbing at them and everything. It was wow. like, oh my gosh. That's, <laughs> so, that's crazy. This is what, like, you know, here I am trying to hang out and talk to Butch Vig about Mech Mench. And <laughs> meanwhile, these guys are getting mauled by groups of teenagers. We had to do an autograph session and, peer, and they were sectioned out. Each band had a table, and each band had their own lineup. Yeah, yeah. And Pierce Vale had this huge-ass lineup with all these girls waiting for him. Yeah, and we had just a little group of guys with a Rush T-shirt and a Danzig T-shirt. And I knew that was our line. Nothing will beat the... Uh, we, we never do signings. Like, we haven't done one signing on this trip. Like, if anyone wants an autograph, you come, come find me. I'll sign anything for you. I will talk to you. Like, you know, but, but we, the reason we don't is because we played this festival in England. And we did a signing. Like, you know, big corporate branded signing. And we get there. And there's this huge lineup of kids. And there's, like, this big, long gate to get to the signing table. And they're keeping the kids back from this thing. And we're like, oh, my God. We are huge. We are fucking huge. So we sit down at the table. And we're like, okay, send them in. Get ready, guys. <laughs> and then the lineup doesn't move. Just, like, three people go... And we're watching them, and they have to snake their way up this thing. And it takes like two minutes of them snaking their way up this thing. And we're like, oh. And they're like, oh, taking back Sunday's signing after you. <laughs> like, oh. That's why we don't really do these signings. Unless it's in Japan. In Japan, and actually English festivals in uh, like Leeds and Reading, we've had fun at signings. But for the most part, it's normally just like, it seems like it's more trouble than it's worth to make someone line up for my autograph than we just come up and get it. Yeah, no, it's true. We do it just because, I mean, I don't know. Oh, I, I they see tell me to, they point, and I walk walk over there, and it's humbling sometimes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Believe me, it is for us. It's always humbling. That's why yeah. we don't do it. It's, but <laughs> but, oh, but that, that being said, like you do, you know, I enjoy the like. I think you have a very different live show than I do. I get off. I'm off the stage and get to just talk to people after the show. So it's not like I really need that. Moment where we can like sit down at a table and they can come up to me if they if they want to talk to me come watch the show and I will be in the audience <laughs> oh, yeah, after the yeah. show. You will meet Damien. You can meet me after the show. I will talk and talk and talk until you tell me to shut the fuck up. And uh, well, this is supposed to be an intro to the podcast. I know, just, there's so many stuff we could talk about. I know we it's could like, turn this intro into a whole podcast. Yeah. But um, the reason why we're here is to intro this podcast. The guest on this podcast. Uh, very near and dear to you. Yeah, absolutely. And when uh, it was announced that we were going to be playing with them, uh, you reached out to me through Twitter yeah. and you said, I am there. And then I realized, wait a minute, this guy and Damien, perfect podcast. <laughs> and I knew you wanted a, you wanted an oh. excuse to talk like, to him too. You have been my, kind of my dream weaver of sorts on this thing. Like you've gotten me some cool nerd out moments with uh well we'll save the other yeah, one yeah there's another podcast. one coming too but but for this one for with uh should i say his name now yeah chris jericho from fozzy but also for me until this tour i've seen fozzy and a great band but but 
Chris Jericho, the wrestler's wrestler. Like one, you know, it's debatable if he's the best wrestler in the world or the best wrestler of all time. But he's certainly on that list of the great, the greats of all time, and, and a Hall of Fame wrestler. He's a Hall of Famer, and he is, uh, and he, and also like it turns out, a pretty cool dude to talk to. You know, like it's as you will see. Yeah, as you will see. And although we should preface, yeah, the before anybody hears this, you have to understand. Where we were when we recorded this with Chris Jericho and what was going on. This was backstage. At backstage, as Duff was on stage getting ready to start playing. So you could hear the they're, they're playing upstairs. We found a little hobble in the university that you guys were playing. University of Sydney, I believe it was. Yeah. And it was like a little, a little storage At closet. At the Manning Bar. At the Manning Bar. A little storage closet downstairs by the green room uh, where we just set up this very mic and all huddled around a table. And every, there was people in the room on the other side trying to be quiet for yeah. our sake. Yeah. But, you know, you, you, people it's come in. It's a backstage in. of the show. It's a backstage. People have been drinking. And I used, we have one mic here because I'm traveling, we're on the road. And so when you listen to this, please understand that quality, audio quality is not the best. Yeah, it is, but, but also at the same time, if this is very reflective of what it's like to be on. And I think it, it suits what we're talking about because we're, we're talking to him about the transition from being a superstar in pro wrestling to being a dude in a band paying his dues and kind of making himself in music. And like, regardless of what you think of Chris Jericho's music, he made his music. Like he made himself as a musician. He never really traded on being a wrestler or anything like that. He did his band and, and now he's in a position where he's rubbing shoulders with his idols. And I think we, you know, hopefully that all comes across in this thing. Yeah. So, uh, without further ado, uh, Let's check it out. And you, Y2J, Y2J, you really nerded out here as, oh. a, as a as a wrestling fan. I'm a I'm a wrestling fan from like back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when I say back in the day, I'm talking Von Erichs, uh, Crusher Blackwell, Hogan, Superstar, Superstar, uh, Great Kabuki, uh, Bruiser Brody, Abdullah the Butcher. Um, and then even all the way to like Stone Cold and The Rock, I like all that stuff. And I knew, I know Chris's. I've I've seen him wrestle Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. I know that stuff. But I love I love all that you know Piper Valentine feud, all that stuff. Absolutely. That's and I I think Chris Jericho he has that kind of promo ability, but he also has something that none of those guys really had. Like some of the guys in the in the AWA and the NWA had it, but like. He's an amazing athlete, an amazing worker, you know, and he can he really puts on a show and, and, and has done so in Japan, done so in Mexico, done so in Calgary. You know, he's been through all the, the, the proving grounds at a time when they were still proving grounds. Now I think they're you know, I haven't been there, but I think they're a little easier than they used to be. And he and he did it and he paid his dues and he's always been told in wrestling, you know, he was too small or or, or didn't have the right look for what they were doing, and he and he, and he proved that he, he was the best at what he did, and 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 got himself popular himself, and that's kind of what he's doing in music too, you know. Like I think I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone that was like, oh, this dude's got a metal band, I'm buying in right away, and he's he's worked it up, so now he's like, he's Metallica's watching him, you know, like yeah. that's like that's what he did himself, you know, and that's that they, I'm, and that's a very admirable thing. He was very nice to us. Very nice to us. And he didn't have his shirt on, too. Except he also got really pissed at me about that smile. 
in the photos afterwards, yeah. eh? Yeah. I did a goofy smile in some photos. He got really mad. I thought he was going to slap the walls of Jericho. Well, maybe because I, I, I threw you under the bus. I started laughing because I couldn't <laughs> help it. It was hilarious. I've already told that story to half a dozen people. But Damien makes this hilarious face right at the last minute when he when I snapped the photo with Jericho and Damien. And, uh, you know, from Chris's vantage point, he didn't know what was going on. He just saw a bunch of people laughing. But, you know, that's Damien's signature look. It's my signature smile. He didn't know. He's not a fan, I guess. <laughs> well, here you go. Here's, here is the great Chris Jericho. Y2J. 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 So there's three three Canadians in Australia. I got Damien Abraham, uh, and I have myself, Danko, and we have our guest here for this episode, Mr. Chris Jericho. And I was saying, like, it, it's crazy, because I, I met you, Chris, the other day, and I'm, like, a huge Mark nerd wrestling fan. Um, and, like, it, it, I met Duff, and, you know, being a huge fan of Guns N' Roses growing up with him, totally chill. Talk to him, no problem. You are shaking like a leaf <laughs> when I met. And it's like, it's, it's so weird because like anyone in music I'm fine with, but anyone... But people, I mean, the, people have different levels of who they like or, or get, get that yeah, attitude absolutely. from. Like I've had three people in my life that just flipped me out when I met them. Actually four. Uh, and none of them are wrestling guys because, you know, I'm in yeah, wrestling. I just, and like the first time I worked in WCW and like I was in a dress room like Hogan is in there and Flair's in there and staying all these guys I had to take a second of just going like oh my gosh but I'm here now it's my job to steal these guys jobs <laughs> yeah. you know and it's the same same with, with, with being you know in Fozzie it's like when we meet these guys like I just flipped out we just had a band meeting after our set because Duff came and was like dude you guys are great I didn't know what to expect and you know I didn't know what it was going to be like you guys are a great band I was really impressed I was like ah Rock and Roll Hall of yeah. Famer Duff McKagan ah Still, when you hear something like that, I mean, if anybody says it's cool, but like a guy like that, I mean, that's a freaking, yeah. you know. It's pretty heavy. So yeah. the, the four guys was, um, was, uh, was Ozzy, uh, Hetfield. Hetfield was bad because that was always like, the, you know, growing up, that was the guy that I could really. That was your one? Yeah. But now like me and James are yeah. buds. You know? I saw you guys chatting at the barbecue. Yeah. And yeah, at the barbecue. And then we were watching Slayer together. And it's, you know, and then. Uh, <laughs> uh, no big deal. And that was no funny. big deal. Exactly. Exactly. Big Jim. Yeah. No, no big, no whatevs, you know. No big deal. Uh, and the Gretzky. Oh, oh Gretzky that's heavy. Flipped man. me that's out, heavy man. for everybody. I was so nervous. So you're um, my Gretzky because I don't like hockey. I don't okay. like sports. I, I, I love sports in wrestling and MMA, but uh, a little MMA. But wrestling's my sport. Wrestling, yeah. That's it. So, like... But yeah, Gretzky's, no, Gretzky's, Gretzky's but like, he transcends. Like, yeah, he transcends. He's a, he's a national yeah, treasure. Yeah. Exactly, right? And then George Lucas was the other one. Whoa! See? Anybody in our generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, It's pretty heavy. Star Wars. <laughs> it's like, <no>. Yeah, <laughs> man. You know, um, but, but yeah, but that's why, like, whenever, and I'm not saying this in, a, in an egotistical no. way, in any way, shape, or form, but whenever I meet somebody that's very touched by me to me, shaking, scared, uh, I met some guy on the street in Sydney that I could hear him screaming after we took a picture as I was walking. Like, ah, That's ah, awesome. That's an awesome ah. feeling. It is, and it's it, it's like I understand because that's how I still am. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if Paul McCartney walked in here right now or Ringo or two of the remaining Beatles, I would flip out and like. Oh. That's what I was like with James or Ozzy, all these guys. So yeah, yeah. when you get that vibe, it's it's the best feeling in the world because you know that like 
you've put your life into your work mm-hmm. and, and you've done all these things and all the stuff you have to go through, as you guys know, being in a band, it's the same show business is show business, that when people respect your work and, and believe it enough for it's like, I'm so nervous to meet you. It's like, I get it mm-hmm. and I appreciate it and it'll never go, oh, what, a, what a nerd. I mean, I don't use the word nerd. <clears throat> I kind of I kind of embrace it. I think if you well, own something, it's not because I was called a nerd as a kid. Yeah, yeah, but now the nerd's going to take over. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. And if you own it, it becomes like you know, not to say like you know, a racial slur or a homophobic slur. That might be something different, but it's like a a nerd thing. I, I feel like fat dude. I was called fat dude my <laughs> yeah. life. I own that shit now. I'm a fat motherfucker. <laughs> proud of it. You know, in all you our know, conversations, I've never ever taken the bait whenever you said that about yourself or described it. What? I'm never, a nerd? No, no, I never laugh at your fat jokes about yourself. I because no, I, I never don't laugh at your fat. I don't. I will on the other hand. <laughs> well, call you fat. Yeah, but like, oh, is Chris doing it? Right okay, now. oh, I'll start laughing. Tell them that I've got be- I've got better muscles than you do. <laughs> they can't see us. See, that's the radio right now. Yeah. All of us are sitting here without pants, by the way. Right now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was always, like, I had a lot of friends, like a lot of guys, like Hugh Morris. Uh, yeah. At WB. Yeah. He was he go home say I'm a, I'm just a fat guy. I'm a, hey Chubby, hey Chubby, what's up, fat? So hey Chubby, yeah, yeah. It's fun, you know. It's like it's like hey dude. If, if you get the right guy. Well, they can't hurt you. Well, you well, yeah, because you're friends. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Um, but, like, was there anyone in wrestling that you had didn't get to meet that you would have liked to meet? Maybe someone that passed away before or something? Because um, like, no. we mentioned uh, Maple Leaf Wrestling and Billy Red Lions mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Like, to me, that's, like, real classic wrestling. I, I saw, like, the great Kabuki and Jimmy Valiant feuds play out in there. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you met any of those people from that era? Did that... Did you, see, Japan, did you right? get you starstruck? Well, my, my thing is that, like, I came up... Um, just so you know why I'm even here is I, I, when I was a kid I wanted to be in a rock and roll band and I wanted mm-hmm. to be a wrestler mm-hmm. those are my two dreams and I didn't know the difference like you know well you can't do this or can't do that like, I didn't even think of that way it's just, like, these are like I like pizza and I like chicken I'm gonna have a bite of each because yeah. I'm hungry I never looked at it like like oh this is gonna be a big thing or I never looked at it like well if you do this then people are gonna look down on you you know what mm-hmm. I mean like I didn't care about anything other than that I just wanted to do this with my whole being, you know? So so when I started uh, watching wrestling, um, I was really into it, but in Winnipeg, we had Maple Leaf Wrestling, but that was basically uh, WWE, WWF. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Like when we started getting Maple Leaf Wrestling, it was when WWF had already taken over. So it would just be like another WWF show. Right. What I watched... Uh, was the AWA, which oh, was yeah, out of Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. In Winnipeg, so you watched got. Nick Bockwinkle and all that exactly. stuff? And if you look at my character in 2008 when I wore the suits yeah. and these big words and talked very slowly, that was a combination of Nick Bockwinkle and uh, Javier Bardem's character in No Country for Old Men. Oh, okay. He played uh, okay. Anton Chigurh. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard that about slowly, but I, I never heard about Nick Bockwinkle. But that well, yeah, Bockwinkle was totally yeah, suits. Bockwinkle, yeah. Big words. And nobody, as weird as it is in 08... Nobody no was doing, doing that. Yeah. Now everyone wears suits, talks slowly. But I, like, I'm not saying I created it. But, but you referenced you referenced him. They're yeah. not referencing him. Well, well they're not because they're, ref- they're they're basically referencing me. Because but yeah. they're not knowing where it came from. And I right. came from Nick Bockwinkle. But know? also, like it's it's because you did it in a different way than Nick Bockwinkle did it. Well, yeah, and that was also after you know 18 years of being in the business. Yeah, exactly. Years of experience, you know. But, and but like and I'll, which brings up a really good point because you're a guy now who you know you're talking about hanging out with Ozzy, talking about hanging with James. You you earned this. You didn't get handed rock and roll. Like Never. You, you prop, prop, dude, shit. I was working in a warehouse, a CD warehouse in 2000. I unpacked Fozzie's CDs yeah, yeah, and yeah. I put it up. And I was like, this, I, I saw the, the font and I was like, this looks kind of metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I turned it over and I was like, no shit. <laughs> no, because it was like, it was, it was like, 
you know, I'm sure for a lot of times people were like, oh, the joke metal band that you're in. And it's well, like... What, what happened was, well, how it started is, like, there's almost two versions of our band. Like, there's two versions of Pantera. Yeah. Like, yeah. the original Pantera the was Pantera. kind of, right? Yeah. And, and when you think Pantera, there is this other side, mm-hmm. but you don't... It started at Cowboys and well, yeah. became the Pantera yeah. legendary. It's the same with us. Like, we started... Uh, I got... Uh, Rich and I met just kind of coincidental, kind of kindred spirit, same bands that we liked. He was doing uh, Stuck Mojo at the time, and then had this... Oh, Stuck Mojo from Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. That's, these, all these guys are Stuck Mojo. Really? Guys. Yeah, Rich Ward and, and Frank Foster, the drummer and guitar Okay, player. that's crazy. Okay. So that's where they came from, and we just had met you know, backstage, and he said, listen, because I told him you know, I'm a musician, and at the time I was looking to start a band again. Uh, and he's like, well, we got this band, this cover band called Fozzie Osborne that we have in Atlanta. Whenever anybody's around, whoever's around, we come down and, and play. You should come jam with us sometime. So I sprained my ankle, and I had like two or three months off, and I called him, like, dude, let's do it. So we went down and played two shows, and then as a result, there was like a bidding war from record companies. Remember record companies? But those yeah. things <laughs> when back they had in the day. power. Yeah, and because of, of Rich from Stuck Mojo and Jericho from the WWE were in this band, and we got signed by this guy called Johnny Zazula. Who, oh, uh, shit. Johnny Z. Dude. Signed Metallica wow. and Anthrax. Yeah. Megaforce Records. That's pretty heavy. And he signed us. He's like, I want to sign. It was on Megaforce, though, the first Fozzie thing. Yeah, the first it two. It was on Megaforce? The first two records were on Megaforce. Holy shit. Executive I, produced yeah. by Johnny Z. And we're like, listen, we're just did this for fun, covers. And he's like, I want to sign the cover band. And it was like, like really? Like, yeah. Why? But for whatever reason, he just wanted to sign this cover band. And then so we kind of came with this backstory, like a Travis Wilbury's Blues Brothers things where we all play, you know, like characters. Yeah. And it was like, all right, you know, whatever. I, you know, he offered us a good amount of money and like any self-respecting musician, all right, let's take it and do what we can with it. So we had fun with it. But then after the second record, it was about two years in, it was like, listen, we like playing together. We'd written some originals at that point. Mm-hmm. We should just drop this whole backstory thing and just do our thing. And that's kind of what happened. So mm-hmm. since 2003, 2002 even, it's been We Are Now. Straight Which, up. Yeah, because we started band. at that, people still reference that. Yeah. As if we're still... And it's still like a different band, band now, It's obviously. a complete... Well, yeah, it is. It's like, just that's how we started. Yeah. Every band started playing covers. Yeah. We started playing covers that were recorded on a, on a fairly well-known label. Well, you, so it's taken us a while to kind of get past that. And then, of course, the big stick in the mud is, oh, it's the wrestler guy. Mm-hmm. Right. This is the wrestling band. That's, but never, the fact that you, you referenced Halloween as a... Well, dude, I mean, the thing is, I'm... I'm no joke when it comes to that. Like, I've yeah. been playing a band since I was 12 and have been obsessed with music since I was eight. So, you know, you, I can go toe-to-toe with anybody talking about metal. And that's why, I think that's one of the reasons why people have, have like, over, over the last three years, this, the whole mindset about Fozzie's changed. Now we're, we're a band. Yeah. You and you no, and you. Oh, my God. Play. Yeah, now we're here. Because people, yeah, people know the passion that I have. This is not a vanity project. Yeah. It's not something where, like, you know, I don't. Well, because you eat shit doing this. Well, like, and I still did. Yeah, yeah. We had to work twice as hard as any other band, absolutely. To get to where we got to, because there was always this wrestling thing. But you know what's funny? Because people don't. I'm going to drop some serious nerd science right now, and I know you hate that word, but wrestling and, and rock and roll have this like long history. Together. There is, but but this, like, to me, it's like okay, like I, you know, if you like Thirty Seconds to Mars, right? Big band. Yeah. Jared Leto. Oh my gosh, he's talented. He's a, he's an actor as well, and he's a damn good actor. I don't think people really think of Thirty Seconds to Mars as the actors' band. Well, I think they do. Well, I don't think they do as much as they used to. Oh, I think because well, they proved themselves. And also, I think kids of a certain age don't maybe. But yeah, I think like but they, anyone that saw. 
my so-called life is like oh, sure, that, but but but, but then but then fan. they'll go play uh, yeah. play almost arena. We yeah. we've oh, played legit crazy. shows with them. They were on Sandwich with they, us last they time. Play, but they yeah. they're they're on download this year, third from the top. Yeah, they are like, like they are gaining status oh, as, you know as a I mean? real so my band. My point is like, okay, so and then this is finally not the wrestlers band. It's just a great rock and roll. But band I think like I think the guy happens to do something else. I think what he did was had a lot easier time because what he did was and I'm not you know I've met that dude he's a nice dude I'm not talking shit but what he did was like you know that was the actor that was a vanity project at first so you know like you I'm my friend yeah. on tour with him and, and with you it was like you had to work twice as hard as you said because it was like it, it well, almost I, served as a counter but I also yeah and I also never had a problem listen like you know I wrote about this in, in my second book it's like we were I was at the top top level in wrestling yeah I remember one night we had uh, did Madison Square Garden wrestling. Might have been even been in the main event. So for the sake of the story, I was in the main event of Madison Square Garden. <laughs> then after the show was done, went over to the Tribeca Rock Club and played in front of a hundred people. That's awesome. You know, man. and it's like to me, the passion the was the same for both. Like, yeah. I get to play with my band in front of you know, and it's like that's what you, you know, I don't ever take money from this side to put in this side. Yeah. This is a legitimate business. Mm -hmm. It's a legitimate band that we're going to sink or swim with it. Yeah. And every year things have gotten better and better and better. Like I said, just to be here, I mean, this this tour is, is, is amazing. It's crazy. Because well, Fozzie could do this. Like, realistically, you could have at any time been like, fuck it, let's just play wrestling conventions and WrestleMania weekend. And you can ask my manager. Every time that yeah, ever no, came I'm, up, I'm, it's like, absolutely And not. I've never seen you do never, that. Never, never, never. But you talk about your first you know, book being like yeah. eating shit in wrestling. Mm -hmm. Do you think that prepared you to eat shit yes. in the music business? Yes, and also too knowing when you feel a vibe of something is building. Like if it, if, if nobody cared about our band or bought the records or came to the shows or had or went nuts or enjoyed what we do or whatever. Okay, fine. We tried, mm -hmm. loved it. But it's it, it, in wrestling. Like even when shit was going really bad, I still believed in myself, and you could suddenly feel it. It's building. Sooner or later, something's gonna happen. Yeah, you can't fail if you, you can't don't fail. if you don't quit. That's so. right. And if you know, like you know, like if if, if I want to play center for the Leafs, probably not gonna happen. Yeah, I'm just not good enough at hockey for that. But with wrestling, I knew I could do it. With the band, I know I can do it. So you just gotta believe in it. And if you believe in it and have the confidence and 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 don't quit and just keep pounding away, people will respect that and they'll start they'll start joining the ride with you. And that's so so for wrestling. To answer your question. I'd been through it before. I knew how hard it was to make it, but I also knew that that when you can feel it and it's building, you gotta stick with it. So it's been and then but you could feel like I've been here before. So and I know it works. So when like in the book you talk about the lowest point being like you're being told you're like the most overpaid wrestler in the company in the first mm -hmm. book. What was there a moment like that? In oh, is that what you talking about in, in, in WWE? Yeah, WWE. that was in my second book. That's, that's I, the second finally, book. Sorry, I, I spent nine years. To get to the to the WWE, which is my dream, yeah, and yeah. I'd been a, a star all around the world, you know, cover oh, yeah. magazine, main event, whatever you want to say. And then when I got to WWE, it was like the first couple couple months there was a nightmare to where I did have that meeting with Vince, where he's like, you, you, you know, you're not worth the the contract, you're not worth the paper your contract is printed on. You're green as grass. I was sold a bill of goods. You're the drizzling shits. That was a good one. Um, <laughs> really? So it's like, did you ever have that moment in music though? Um, like an equivalent moment where you're like, fuck. Because in the book you kind of talk about like, like being it's, like pushed it's, to the it's limit. It's different in music because it's not all governed by one person. One person. Yeah. You know? And like, people are really forgiving too. Yeah. Yeah and, also, yeah. and also too it's like if you're going like who would be the Vince McMahon of, of the music business? Like a head Pitchfork. of a record company or? Pitchfork. 
the website. <laughs> Blabbermouth. <laughs> Blabbermouth for metal, yeah. But, you know what I mean? But it's like, you know, uh, it's different in music because you have to impress a lot. hundreds yeah. of people. But if you're good, it'll work. Mm -hmm. In wrestling, you could be the best guy in the company, but if Vince doesn't like you or thinks you're too small or too fat or too big or weird nose or whatever, he can put the, the fucking screws to you and finish you off. It's not like that in this, in this world. If you're good, sooner or later people will come. And you're you know? like, and you've kind of become like the, you know, and I, I, I don't know, this is a total outsider fan point of view, but like a wrestler's wrestler and a, and a, and a wrestling fan's wrestler, you know? Like, well, and you're kind of becoming that music too. You're I talking about James Hetfield and like these people, like Duff McCain coming up and talking. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That's yeah. like a musician's musician, you know? I think, I think a lot of people, like I know one thing, a friend of mine, you might even, do you know Brent Fitz? Canadian yeah. drummer jams with Slash now, but he's been around for years and years. Oh, and years. Um, no, but okay. was he in Age of Electric? Yes. That's, a, that's a singer, too. Yeah. Was Todd, Todd Kearns. Yeah. Todd Kearns yeah. is in Slash, yeah. So I was um, more impressed by him because I was a big Age of Electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, my, but, but the thing about it is, that, um, I can't remember what I was going to say, what, what my, what my, what my uh, point was. Was it something about Age of Electric? No, I'm just <laughs> no. joking. <laughs> Whatever your question was before I. Oh, no, uh, we're tying Man, I'm just so enamored by like, yeah, well, electric. Yeah, well, oh, wrestlers, yeah, wrestlers, wrestlers. I don't yeah. even know how fits what I was gonna say about fits, but Age thing, of Electric is thing, like uh, musicians, uh, musicians, musicians. Too. Yeah, I, I think I, I never really uh, planned any of those things. I just did what I believed in doing, and um, I've always kind of never just thought of myself just as a wrestler. I've always kind of wanted to be. I'm an entertainer. I'm in show business. That's what wrestling is. I always wanted to be the Paul Stanley of wrestling. Fuck yeah! Like I wanted to be the rock star. That's a great. Wrestler. Yeah, that's a great um, uh, bridge right there. Right. And so the thing is, so I came into wrestling with, the, let's say, the Paul Stanley mindset. Yeah. So then when we started Fozzie, I took the same things I do with wrestling that I took from Paul Stanley. It's all about entertainment, well, the, connecting with the crowd. The craziest thing is, is before I go on stage, a lot of the time when we're doing like, and I'm not even like. I'm not there yet with the, the tour just started. On my hard drive to my computer, I have a ton of wrestling promos. Uh -huh. And I just use those promos, like, and I just, yeah, it yeah, pumps yeah. me up and it gets me going for the stage. Like, I've known Danko for years, and actually, like, the first time I was on his podcast, I went over his house, and, like, I'm just, you know, looking around his shit, like you do when you're in someone's house, and he's got, like, the Ric Flair DVD and, like, and, like, a bunch of wrestling books and stuff, and it's like, oh, you're into that too. And it's like, anyone you see that's, like, Good on a rock promo is a wrestling fan, I find. You know, because yeah, yeah. that's how you. Those are, those well, are like how you speak. And I think what well, my point is, I still don't know what the hell Fitz was doing in there. Maybe I just. <laughs> my point was. want to talk about. Adrian I just wanted to say Fitz. Um, when you said uh, the, the wrestlers wrestling all that stuff, I never like said I'm going to be the wrestlers wrestler. Yeah. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. I just did what I did. You know, when I started in 1990, well, you're too small to be a wrestler. Yeah, I don't, I don't really agree. I mean, I mean I, guys were huge back then, mm -hmm. but I thought, okay, maybe I'm not the biggest guy in the show, but I can have the biggest personality, the biggest charisma, be the biggest presence on the show. You know, and, that's, and that, having that attitude, it always kind of helped me get to the next step. And that's why with, with, with Fozzie, like, I don't care if people don't want to like the band. I really don't. Because if you don't like it or you're going to still be stuck on the wrestling guy thing or this is not legit, then fucking move, move aside. Let the people who do like it get a better seat. It doesn't matter to me. I, I've never listened to people that said, you can't do this or you shouldn't do this. The people that tell you that are the ones that have failed. You know, people tell you that you can't do something the ones that have failed in their own hopes and dreams. Yeah. I, I never, I failed, but I've, I've achieved what I needed to achieve, so I don't buy it. Yeah. And I don't buy it when other people say, oh, I'd like to do this, but I can't. Why? Why not? 
Have you tried? Have you put every ounce of your being into it? Because only then will you know. Like you said, you, you can't fail if you if you don't yeah, if, if you don't you quit. Stop, if you don't quit. Yeah. You know, so I've always kind of had that mindset. Maybe that made me the wrestler's wrestler, whatever. But to me, it's always just been, what would I want to see if I go to a wrestling match? Mm-hmm. What would I want to see if I went to a rock show? And that's why I always judge to this day uh, of how I put on a performance or what I do in the ring or on stage or when we're writing a song. What would I want to hear? So from a logistical standpoint, doing these two things, or three things, you're also you know an actor, TV personality. There's probably 10 things at this point. Yeah, but... Uh, like from a real practical level you worked Monday night hopped on a plane and flew here to work again is that like is your body like I've just always been kind of used to it and uh, I mean I definitely sometimes kind of get totally worn out but like I said man all I ever wanted to do was be in a rock band and be a wrestler so I'd be crazy not to like embrace this and, and, and enjoy every moment of it and once again it's funny because I've been in Australia six times, three with the WWE and three with, with Fozzie. I wouldn't even get on a plane if it was wrestling unless I'm in first class. Just for example. Yeah. At that, that, that level, it's yeah. like, you know, Lars oh, yeah. is coming here for Metallica. It's yeah, like, it's, it's, sure it's complete first yeah. class. But with the band, I'm in, you know, 59C next to the screaming kid and, and the old lady that's got the dinner lady arms. That's like, you know, I don't care. I'll sit there. It doesn't matter. It's like, it's like I don't like need to be sitting in first class for this I mean obviously if you've worked and earned it yeah. then that's fine but with the, with our band we're still we're still earning it do you find it like uh, do you find like you need to change your mentality from like no. going from the rest of no just automatically you can't do both at the same time the only reason why I went back to the WWE for just a short run is because I had about three months off from the Fonzie yeah. tour yeah. except for this but even uh, we'll do WrestleMania and then I'll do the, the Monday Raw and the SmackDown after. Then I get straight on a plane on Wednesday, fly to Europe for our next Fozzie tour. That's crazy. That's and that's what happened when we did Uproar this year in the States. It's the, you guys know Uproar is like the festival tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the first two dates of Uproar started, then I had to fly from Little Rock to LA to do my last two gigs with the WWE and then fly back to St. Louis to join the Uproar tour again. So that was hard. Yeah. It's hard to be like rock. Rock, rock, yeah. wrestling, music, music, music. You, you can't really go. Back How's it? How does your voice? Like, I'm always interested in that because well, you could tell. I blew my voice out yesterday yeah. singing with Duff, and you mean you can not... feel it, right? Well, we used to do, like I said, we used to do wrestling shows and then Fozzie shows right after. That was crazy. Yeah. It was back in 05, and it's like seemed like a good idea at the time, but worst idea. Your body was terrible. What if someone fucking punches you by mistake just, right in the fucking but just, vocal but just, cords? But just yelling too. I mean, you're in the ring. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, and you know, as a singer, you have to be controlled. If you're gonna scream, you can hit the highest scream as long as you're controlled. Yeah. But if I, if you just want like, hey, don't steal my car, you can blow your fucking yeah. voice. So just from that. So I, I can't do both at the same time, and I won't be doing too much wrestling anymore. I might go back for a couple months because I still enjoy it. It's fun. But the days of me being there for a year or two years are gone. So did you look at your siphon wrestling in a different light now? Because like Fozzie's become. A bigger, much Fozzie's bigger become my priority at this and it's, point. And it, like, so did you like see your role in wrestling different than you saw it like, um, before? It's weird because when we talk about really about experience, like you can't teach experience. Yeah. And a lot of those guys just don't, don't have, have it. it. It's not their fault. They'll get it. But I can waltz in and waltz out and be like, I think this last month I had was one of the best months I've had as far as match quality oh, and what I was doing for whatever yeah. reason. Just because I think differently after having all this experience of how to put things together. Mm-hmm. 
Um, once again, it sounds like I'm, you know, sucking my own cock. No, I'm no, not but trying it, it, to. I'm just saying, like, it's just I see like anyone that knows your story. I think if you have, you you earn the right to, to kind of, you know, <laughs> suck my anyone own that you know, anyone that's heard about you know what you went through at WCW and then what you went through at the at but, the Fed, yeah, you know, but just like, talking about like just seeing things. It's like yeah. they used to say that Gretzky could see the puck before it got there. That's why he's so good. Like I can see like if if if, if we're having a match and these guys have all these ideas. I'll just sit there and like, well, well, how come you're not saying anything? Well, just give me a second and just like, Plan it out. all those ideas they have aren't working, or maybe one yeah. of them works. Okay, and it's like, it's like number of counters come in a row, and it's like, bing, 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 bing. Okay, this is what we're gonna do. Is Trust there, me. Is and then we do it, and it works. And that's just because of years of thinking of, of ways to do things like that. You and Daniel Bryan to me was like a, a it's like a, a, a dream match of sorts. And like, is is there is there like young guys that you're like? You know, like not me. That's not not not. That's the next Chris Jericho. But is there like young guys and you're like? Well, I mean, for Daniel Bryan, like he's a guy that I knew was good. And you I think just fucked up like, his entrance music too when he was in Ring of Honor. My oh, band. I did. He did. Oh, he did. Daniel Bryan. Oh, oh, he used your band. Okay, yeah. sorry. No, no, I meant I'm I'm like, fucked up like, my band, not just like what, what he used crazy up? music. The best is when uh, one of your guys came over. I was talking to Lars at the barbecue. Came over. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I can't remember what this guy was, but I'm just so and so from fucked up, and doesn't matter unless it's me. Okay, you're right. right, right. <laughs> the other guys, in the, the band, other dudes, one of the nameless, faceless, channel yeah. guys. So, uh, is, and, and Lars told his girlfriend after, she's like, "Who's he? He's, he's in fucked up." And I was like, "Yeah, they're probably not going to be stocking their albums in Walmart this year." We actually, <laughs> we won, I don't know if you heard that Polaris Award they have in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won the Polaris a couple years oh, ago. Oh shit! Yeah, and then they uh, Best Buy. Uh, I guess had like, oh, well, this one, the Polaris, let's order, uh, like, we sold next to nothing of that record in Canada. We, all of a sudden, our sales went through the roof. We got our, like, weekly reports. It's like, holy shit. And they're like, yeah, Best Buy and Future Shop just bought a ton. And then we get, two months later, negative sales. Returns. And it's all returned. They didn't even rack them. They just returned them unopened. They just opened it. Are you kidding? This band once a really called fucked yeah. up. Yeah. But um. Uh, but anyway, Daniel I think Bryan, with the Daniel so. Bryan thing was like I, I mean I worked him once when he first came into the mm-hmm. WWE. Uh, it was a very short match. But I I mean I've been seeing his his stuff and know how good he is. But you never you never know until you actually get in there with somebody. Yeah. It's like jamming with somebody. Like I fucking guy's a great guitar player. But sometimes maybe you'll jam and there's no chemistry or something. But yeah, he uh, we had that match and it was it was awesome. It was I really yeah, enjoyed it. I'm glad we had it because like I said, I'm not gonna be like. This is my last year. I mean, I don't know. I might wrestle one more match. I might wrestle a hundred more matches. I might wrestle five hundred more matches. I don't know. I don't think of things like that. Just whatever comes up, if it feels right, I'll do it. But I might never get a chance to work with him again. So it was mm-hmm. cool to have that moment mm-hmm. and have that time and to, to you know have a great match. Yeah, absolutely. So it was uh, yeah one of the highlights of the TV year so far. Oh, cool. That's good. Fans, Thank you. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't shoot for hours. <laughs> I, I got to sing with Duff. Oh, yeah, Are you guys doing You're Crazy? You're Crazy, yeah, yeah, nice. we're doing that. We did it yesterday, I think we're going to do it again. So. Uh, your voice all right? Uh, I got two days off. That's what we look at, you got three minutes, you got three verses, yeah, dude. Exactly. You can do it. Um, and then I'm going to go see you tomorrow night, speak with Scott Ian. Oh, yeah, I was telling you earlier, it's like uh, I did one in London. We have the same booking agent, Anthrax and Fozzie. So Dan DeVito is like, well, let's book a couple in Australia. We get a couple nights off. Fine. No plan, no list of what I'm going to talk about. I have a beginning. I don't even have an end. Uh, maybe I should think of something tomorrow. But uh, I went up there and just talked for two and a half hours last time. I can't wait. Like that. I can't so, wait. So um, if you guys got some questions, think of them and we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. I'm actually going to. Uh I have to play a sideshow tomorrow, so I'll okay. miss it. Well, then tell your question to Danko. And Danko yeah, Danko, you okay. ask it and then record it. <laughs> like it for me. I'll do it. Oh. Ten minutes till you're crazy?
Okay, well, that's like Matias. He's he's like, he's and that's nice. it. I guess that's yeah. our Q to end the podcast. Easy, that was awesome. Thank you so much, man. Glad we were able to do it. Thanks for thanks for your interest in being. Oh no, absolutely. And as I say, it's like. You know, I was telling you this earlier, but like, you know, to, as as someone who's been in a band that's uh, a fat guy in a band that's got a swear like for a really, name. really fat, but like just rehab huge. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll get in on this. <laughs> yeah, fat guy, Damien. No, but taking, but like, you know, like seeing uh, someone and like reading in the books about like what you dealt with, and and just seeing like someone dealing with that shit and kind of still rising above it, and then seeing you do that in music, it's it's a pretty fucking inspiring thing. Thanks, man. Like I said, I just followed my dreams and didn't listen to anybody that said I couldn't do it and hung out with people like you guys that understand, and that's what it's all about, man. So eat that, every, all naysayers. So good! <laughs> well, that was it. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. It yeah. Was, it was so I could tell fun. you were a little starstruck. I was super starstruck. I was actually, I was okay with Jericho by that point. I felt... But the first time I met him at that Metallica, the first night we got here, the Metallica threw a barbecue. Yeah, that's how we're living. Uh, and Chris Jericho was there, and I went up to him, and I was, like, shaking like a leaf. And it, it's funny. Any of these people I met from music, not an issue. Not an issue at all. But people from wrestling, Star Strike Me. Is that it? Star Strike Me? Struck. Yeah, but I don't Star Struck. No, Star Struck, but they Star Striking. Star Striking Me. We blew Jonah's an English major and we just blew his mind with our that English question. Me to be starstruck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I but I definitely, yeah, I was a little shook. I was a little shook to say the least. So much so that I forgot to ask the one question that I've always wanted to ask him, which is uh, Bob Mold. What about Bob Mold? Because you know, obviously, being from music, both of us being from music, Bob Mold walks on water. But in the wrestling world, he was part of a pretty uh, villainized administration. So I've always wondered what, you know, someone who's not necessarily a punk rocker's take on on Bob Mould and, you know, writing there. And, and stuff. we should say Bob Mould was uh, oh, a WCW writer. Writer. Yeah, exactly. He was a writer. And, and uh, oh, well, I guess we should say Husker Du. Husker He's also in Husker Du yeah. and Sugar and, and uh, one of the one of the best music songwriters, you know, in, in alternative music ever. But also a uh, a wrestling writer and a great wrestling writer too. I think I think you know the administration was more to blame. But I would always I'm just intrigued here about Chris Jericho's uh, memories of working with. Bob Are Mold. you trying to procure a part two from Jericho? I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Outro. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping Jericho hears this and goes, "Oh, there's so many, so many questions left to answer by me." <laughs> <laughs>